Yes, people, welcome to another episode of Echo Chamber. And um, yeah, this week we've got a couple of, well, we've got one film review, we've got a documentary review, and an interview with the director of the documentary. So it's definitely a not to miss episode. So let's get into things. Here is the UK. Box office top 10 for the weekend of the 1st to the 3rd of November. At number 10, we've got Event Cinema. Dan TMD presents The Contest. I have no clue what that is. At number 9, Sorry We Missed You. At number 8, Zombieland Double Tap. At number 7, we've got Ab. Abominable, 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 abominable. I think. Uh, at number six, a Sean the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. At number five, we've got Terminator Dark Fate. That was, um, I think we reviewed that last week. At number four, we've got Stephen King's Doctor Sleep. At number three. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil At number 2, The Addams Family And still doing its thing At number 1, we have The Joker Or just Joker But yeah, that is it with the box office top 10 So people, we will get into our first um, Yeah, our first film Um so yeah, let's do it. Okay. So I have just watched Lying and Stealing. It's the new film from director Matt Asselton. Um, Asselton wrote the film along with Adam Nagata. It was produced by Mohammed Al-Rafi, Naomi Desprez and Michael Costigan. Uh, it's starring Theo James, Emily Ratajeskowski, Fred Melamend, Ebona Moss Barachach, Isaiah Whitlock Jr. and Evan Handler. Music is by Sonia Belosova and Giano Ostinelli and the cinematography is Corey Walter okay so the gist of the film is this lying and stealing follows Ivan played by James a successful art thief who inherited his father's life of crime but unlike most thieves Ivan loves the art as much as the art of the steel he longs to break free from the criminal world, but he is in too deep that he may never get out. It isn't until he meets Elise, played by Ratajeskowski, an actress and a con woman with her own chaotic past she wants to escape from, and that they team up to pull off the ultimate heist which won't make them rich, but will set them free. Hmm, nice little sentiment there, right? Okay, so, like, this is a, 
the film looks very slick okay it's a slick looking film and um yeah there's i would say i would say that um ain't james is okay in his role like i mean he's serviceable like ratajeskowski is serviceable in their roles they're not gonna win any awards they're not gonna set the world on fire uh like you know what I mean? if you want to really you know I mean this isn't any um thomas crown affair <laughs> you know what i mean um and if you scrutinize it yeah you could find a lot of holes in their performances like one the best performance is probably um fred melamed who's um dimitri um yeah he really sells that role you know i mean you you kind of believe that he is that part um but yeah, like this is a it's a story we've kind of come across before. You know, th- there's nothing new here, which is fine because you know the film moves along. Um, it's you know although it's not original, it it does keep you occupied. You know, I would say that it keeps you occupied, which is fine. You know what I mean? That is kind of one of those Sunday, Sunday films that you might watch after, after dinner, where you just want to just slump on the sofa, or you know, you're just killing time. It's one of those type of films. Because, look, let so let's break it down, right? The story itself doesn't really make any sense it doesn't make any sense and it's very transparent like you can guess everything that is gonna happen and there's like i think a big problem i have with films kind of like this uh, is the fact that like a situation will come and you know, where a character, if you like, oh, my back is up against the wall. How am I going to extricate myself from this situation? And they meet someone. And then they're like, hey, could you help me? And they will tell this stranger all the business. And it's just like, wait, how how are you telling this person who you don't know like everything, everything, you know, because the, and it's usually someone who they don't know, but that person has stolen from them or conned them in some way, so it never makes any sense, because you're just like, yo, this person hasn't been trustworthy to you, so why are you going to put all your faith into them. It, it, it you know it just never makes any sense, and so obviously that situation happens in this. So it's just a bit like, 
or you know, although the film is fa- you know, it's adequate. It it's situations like this that just you know, it, it's just a bit frustrating. You know, because you just want to watch a film like one of these heist films where it's not the norm, where it is kind of different. You know, that would be a, a real fresh breath of air, breath of fresh air, breath of fresh air. Oh dear, oh dear. Um. So yeah, that that was like one of the big. Problems with this it, it It's just that You know and then it's just The story itself it, it, The story never makes any sense And Like the, these things come up in the story Like um Ivan's brother You kind of wonder What is going on with this Character Because there's kind of this Introduction out of nowhere and the setup of the brother. So we, the, you know, brother, meet the brother. And it's like, okay. And then there's a period where the brother's just disappeared. And then he comes back. But it's never really... What is the purpose of the brother? It's just a weird, like, concept to introduce... And not really do anything with it. Like the brother is only there. To do some stuff at the end. That really just seems it. Which is a bit like. eh. Like. Really? And you know. Obviously. With a film like this. There's the FBI. And the FBI bit makes no sense. FBI bit makes no sense. Because, look, the film is set in, you know, this current time. So, you kind of think that they would be on certain things, you know, to avoid other certain things from happening. But, yeah, nope, doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And... I would like to also point out four-year-olds' memories aren't. <laughs> you know what I mean, I think uh, I would not trust a four-year-old to give me a description. So that part of the film, mm, yeah, it's a bit. It's a bit much. It is a bit much, you know, because it's just like. I don't buy it I don't buy it But the film As I said look the film is very slick it, You know it's essentially Shot well This is the thing it's shot well Good cinematography Like the, the You know the soundtrack throughout the film Is fine it works it's nice You know does it's thing But Yeah I think if I was going to, you know, point a film in this genre that just worked for me, it was Lucky Number Eleven. I think that very good film. Um, and I think there's another film called um, 
shit, what was that film? It's, uh, no, 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 Confidence. That's it, it's an Edward Burns film. And they are heist films that, you know, works. I think are a little bit different. You know, I thoroughly enjoyed those. Um, But I would say, look, if you are a fan of, like, the TV show Hustle, then I feel this, you will like this film. You know, this is the film for you. Um, And, you know, I think Ocean, the remakes of Ocean's Eleven, all of that. If you enjoy those films, then... This is you, you know, you will definitely be on board with this This, you know, as I said, look, it's shot well You know, it's very slick, it looks good You know, it, it just doesn't pack the punch That I think possibly it could have, you know But it is what it is um, it will be available, though, on digital lo- download from uh, Monday the 11th of November. And you will be able to get it from all the usual spots. So, iTunes, Amazon, Google, Microsoft, Sky Store, BT, all of those joints... Boom, you will be able to grab this film It's 100 minutes um, And it's an 18 So, uh, yeah, that is a lying and stealing, people Check it out If you're a fan of heist, crime films and dramas Okay, people, I forgot We have another film review, so let's get to that. Okay, people, so Midway is the the new film from director Ronald Emmerich. Uh, It is an American war film based on the attack on Pearl Harbor and the subsequent battle of Midway during World War II. Um, Emmerich also... Produced the film with Harold Closer Uh, It was written by Wes Took And it was starring Ed Screen Patrick Wilson Luke Evans Aaron Eckhart Nick Jonas Mandy Moore Dennis Quaid And Woody Harrelson The music is from Thomas Wander And Harold Closer and the cinematography is Robbie Baumgartner. Now, the um, the gist of the film is this. Midway is the epic real-life saga about an, un, an undermanned American fleet and the brave Navy leaders and pilots who triumphed against the odds over a powerful adversary. 
with democracy and freedom at stake, these US brothers in arms conquered the Imperial Japanese Navy at the Battle of Midway, a most stunning clash by air and sea, which marked a heroic feat of naval warfare and pivoted the Allies towards victory in the Pacific Theatre during World War Two. So, yes, this is... um. I think this all builds from events that everyone's heard of, you know, Pearl Harbor, which in itself was a um, a big motion picture. Um, phew, it's going to say a few years ago, but man, that must have been, you know, coming up to twenty years ago, or maybe slightly over. Which is, whoa, <laughs> you know, but um, I think Pearl Harbor was always a story that you knew about from, you know, it was covered in history, all of that. But Midway, this is something that, I mean, here in the UK, I feel, is a, um, a little less known than uh, the predis, you know. The, uh, the, you know, the other battle And then there's also components of this That, you know, people, again, didn't know Like Doolittle's Raid That, something, never heard of So, I think one of the good things about this film Is just learning about some of this stuff you know, there was a, a few little gems that you were just like, I didn't even know that. Or that, w- I wouldn't have thought of that. Like, one being, if the um, the battle cruiser isn't travelling at a certain speed, the planes can't take off. Now, I don't know if that's the case in modern times, but back then, I would never have thought of that, that the plane had to be moving at a certain, I always thought, you know, the plane, the runway on the plane is big enough, so that, I didn't even know the the boats had to be moving for the plane to be able to take off, so that was just like, oh, damn, that, you know, and that, that comes up in the film, so that was an interesting component. Um, as I said, look, the whole um, Doolittle's raid, which was a reaction to the events at Pearl Harbor, um, which then led up to the Battle of Midway. But I think also, because Pearl Harbor happens very early in the film, probably in the first 10 minutes, but... I think one of the things that I didn't realise about Pearl Harbor is when you have seen footage in the past in films and other stuff like that, it's on the the coast. So you see the boats and everything in the coast and in uh, the harbour getting destroyed. But I I wasn't aware that the the planes went into the mainland 
and shot up the buildings and people and everything on the on the land itself as well. So that was, you know, that was an interesting thing to um to learn. One thing I wasn't expecting a lot of this film is subtitled. So, you know, they they there's a scene at the very beginning didn't bode well. <laughs> it really didn't but it was just like, oh man, please please don't make this a lot of the film. But yeah, there's a bit at the very beginning when um uh, uh, uh one of the officers, US officers is in Japan um and he's speaking to an ambassador or or someone I don't know I'd like to give you better information on that I can't because I don't know what happened So yeah, that, that was a big bit at the beginning And so throughout the film We're cutting to I'd like to tell you exactly But yeah, I don't know I'm suspecting Like Japanese intelligence And then Japanese um, commanders uh, And especially on the battleships and stuff like that So we're cutting to that Quite a bit You know, quite a bit throughout the film Which, on one hand It is kind of good that they're giving that side of things And interesting from that point of view The other hand Yeah, couldn't make out any of it, which was a little frustrating, but so we we have that. Um, look, this is a uh, as mentioned, this is a Roland Emmerich film, so it does have the trappings of, you know, that come with that, like some of the. Some of, hmm, yeah, a lot of the dialogue and conversations are a bit forced, a little wooden, built a bit contrived, you know, and your adjective as you will. But yeah, it doesn't come off like smooth and natural uh, and, and like, yeah, I can believe that. You know, a lot of it was a bit just like, that's clunky, man. So, yeah, that. Some of the acting was definitely over the top. Yeah, I, I kind of felt. Like, I would say Ed Screen. Um, yeah, it, it could have been, his performance could have been a bit more nuanced, I, I'd have said. Um, but... We did have some good performance. Like Woody Harrelson is really good. I I really thought um Harrelson did a good job as uh Admiral Chester Nip- Nimitz. Um Dennis Quaid, again, he was Vice Admiral William Ball Halsey. Yep, he was good. Um you know, like, they're definitely two standouts. Like, Mandy Moore, she was okay. Didn't have a lot, though. You know, there wasn't a lot for her to do in the film. But she wasn't bad. Um, 
Aaron Eckhart, he played uh, Lieutenant Colonel Jimmy Doolittle. And his scenes were good, but, you know, that the Doolittle's raid is a just a small kind of precursor at the beginning of the film. Like, not quite at the beginning, like in the third quarter, first quarter. So, yeah, he, he was good, he was interesting, but, you know, we don't get a lot of him. But, you know. Yeah, so there were good performances, but there was a lot of ham. There was a lot of ham as well. But yeah, as I said, look, this is a uh, Roland Emmerich film. So what would you expect, right? Uh, And coming with that, so there was one point when um, they're doing a eulogy. To a fallen comrade And there's music playing in the background Now, look Music always plays a big part in a film Because it helps set the atmosphere, right? There's sometimes though During a scene Where I'm like, look If the dialogue You know If the words Can't give you the emotion Then What are we doing, you know, so, so, you, you kind of feel, there doesn't always need to be music, you know, to be like, this is a happy moment, this is a sad moment, angry moment, you know, we don't always need that, and in this scene, when they're giving the eulogy, there's this music playing behind, but it's kind, the music is kind of loud, so it's a bit like, ah, you're really cluttering this moment. I mean, it just made it feel a, just a bit odd. Because it's just like, look, we know this dude died in a heroic way. We don't need music. I think the moment should speak for itself. But if you're going to play music, don't crowd out the dialogue. And the emotion that that should be bringing. You know, so we had these weird moments like that. Which is just like, come on, what are you doing? The cinematography, this was good. Like, the cinematography was good. Like, we have these sweeping shots and stuff. And, you know, when you're going over on these flying raids. and Yeah, that, all very good. There are moments, though, that, you know, it's a little bit confusing. Like, um, on the bombing, on the bombing raids, it's a bit hard to make out what's going on. Now, I need to, um, preface this with, it might just be me, okay? Because, yes, my sight is kind of fucked. So, it might just be me not being able to make shit out well. But, yes, these scenes do seem a bit cluttered. It would also be good just for a little bit of information. Because, so we're doing the bombing raids. And they're like 40 feet. I mean, 400 feet. 300 feet. 200 feet, but we don't actually know what are the optimum 
feet to drop the bombs. This is information that we never know. So, I kind of think for this to really hit home, for this, because there are moments when, like, because we see bombs drop. Do you say what is like maybe 300 or 200? We see bombs drop. So, for then some of the pilots not to drop and go lower, like, what is the ramification of that? You know what I mean? So, if we don't know the, um, you know, the depths, the altitudes, the limits and all of this, we don't understand what you're trying to say with this. Like, is this guy just reckless or... Is the optimum height to drop a certain... So he is giving it that much more chance of success? Is that what's happening? We don't know. You're not giving that to us. So, yeah, a bit more information on that probably would help with those scenes. You know? But, um... Yeah... I don't know. Um, I think that's probably it, right? Look, it is. I think. Look, if I feel if you have seen, um, Emmerich's other films, Independence Day, twenty twelve, Day After Tomorrow, you kind of have an idea of what to suspect with this, right? That I, I would say that. But as mentioned as well, look, there is a lot of information in here that you know was interesting. I didn't know. Didn't know. Right? But now maybe in the US you know all of this information. So it's it won't hit home as much to you. So for me, I would say this is this is an odd film. It's conflicted because there are some really good points in it. Like there's some good acting, you know, some lovely shots and everything like that. But then on the flip, there's some clunk going. There's some hammy acting. There's some bad dialogue, false conversations, and all of that. So look, I'd say it's an okay film. It's not great, it's not terrible It's okay It's okay, you know It's not going to win awards It's not going to change your life But if you're interested in war films If you, um, you know Enjoy the actors who are in this film If you like Roland Emmerich films Then, yeah, you'll want to go see this film You know It's probably not as compelling as other war stuff, you know? But hey, look, it it serves a purpose, right? Serves a purpose. So you will be able to see this from tomorrow, 8th of November, because that's when it is going to be hitting cinemas. So this is Midway, which is actually a remake of a um an older film, yeah, that is right, people, it was an original film, Midway, it was made in 1976, so yeah, a couple of years before I dropped into the world, boom, but yes, Midway, 
from director Roland Emmerich, who also produced with Harold Kluzer, written by Wes Took, and it's starring Edge Screen, Patrick Wilson, Luke Evans, Aaron Eckhart, Nick Jonas, Mandy Moore, Dennis Quaid, and as I said, look, a very good performance from Woody Harrelson. So it's in the cinema tomorrow, the 8th of November. So go check it if um, this sounds like it's a film for you. Okay, people, so as promised, we, um, yeah, we've got a documentary. So we're going to, um, but first, right, we're going to play the um, the interview with the director, uh, T. Cooper, and then we're going to get into the documentary. So um, sit back and enjoy. Okay, so... I'm here with T. Cooper, um, the director of Man Made. Um, so I, I read in um, the press pack that you initially that you you moved to Atlanta and that's how you came across FitCon, and that intrigued you. So, but the initial plan was to cr- create another form of this. So, what was the plan? A TV series, like a, a, a you know a radio series, like what was the initial kind of thinking? Um, well, yeah, as a I, I really my storytelling kind of life, creative life started out uh, in books and fiction writing. I've published nine books um, in my career so far, um, and also done some journalism. So my first you know, hunch was a, a traditional kind of familiar one, which was, you know, the written word. And mm. so I pitched the story around to a couple of places and they were interested. But, you know, once I started doing all that work that you do to familiarize yourself with the world and the subjects and whatnot, um, it just became very clear that, you know, a few hundred words and a couple pictures um, wasn't going to cut it. So, you know, I, I made a short film, uh, but not a doc. It was an animated short based on actually one of my own books. Okay. And, um, you know, I just like figured out how to shoot. Like I learned on the go. I, you know, I was raising money on the go. I just reached out to every resource I had. I had been writing in TV um, and producing a little bit in television. So I did have a few connections here yeah. and there to a producing partner and someone to at least loan me a camera um and some audio equipment so yeah it just it was really the the subject matter which dictated i think the the genre you know what i mean it, mm-hmm. it was really letting the story tell me what it what it probably needed to be I, yeah i do think this was definitely more powerful than a newspaper article i don't yeah. think i mean like reading it you'd get something, but this, because everyone is so different, just because they're trans, they're not all the same. And I, I think that's one of the things, it's, it's like stereotyping, like black people are all the same, like Asian people are all the same, gay people are all the same. It, it's just like this, you know, cut out that people want to fit you in because you're this. And everyone's story is so crazy even with some that have a few similarities in them still so different and and crazy how did you find these people 
Like, was there a casting call? Did you just come across them? Like, what happened there? Well, yeah, I mean, just just as you say, like, you know, as a trans person myself, and especially as a trans man, um, you know, I don't feel like our stories are told very often. When you think of trans stories and storytelling, they're often trans feminine stories. Mm. Um, and they're often also like stories of tragedy and being murdered and suffering or making our families suffer. Or if it's not that, it's like always focused on transitioning. Well, yeah, the biggest, message. yeah, the biggest one probably transparent on Amazon. You know I mean? That's yeah. probably one of the biggest ones that people will recognize. And that started off with Jeffrey Tambom, Tambom, yeah. like, yeah. Just announcing to the family in the first episode, I'm trans, I'm becoming a woman. And that was it. And so then it had these ripple effects on the family and, oh, no, it's so bad. And that's the whole thing. And it, it wasn't just, you know, just, you know, how's that affect you? And blah, blah, blah. It was just like, no, the ripple effects. And But that's all we see. So this yeah, is so different. Exactly. That's why it's back, you know, back to what your question was like for me in finding these subjects and figuring out who to follow, it was really important for me to really get like a cross section of trans male life in, you know, in our culture at this particular moment. Um, you know, people who varied in not only race and background and age and geography, um, but even just, you know, stage of transition or familial support or, you know, relationship status. Like for me, it was just so important to find um, and focus on, you know, people who who, who were bringing different or, or really walking different paths to stage to yeah. compete. And for me, I loved having a bodybuilding competition. Obviously, the metaphors are are, are ripe, um, but just having a competition, you know, was great structurally. But for me, putting their lives front and center and the things about them that aren't trans related necessarily. Um, you know, letting those things unfold. There are pieces that fall into place in these guys' lives that I believe are far more than their transition. You know, Dominic, that character finding his biological mother, to me is more about him figuring out, quote, who he is than having top surgery. You know, and mm. so I just I think it's important for, for, for people to see the, that our lives are, you know, 360 degrees and as rich and complex as anybody's lives. Um, and, and that one label can't necessarily, you know, reflect the sum of our lives. And, and there are so many realms with relationships, family, religion, job, you know, housing, like there's just so many ways and areas that, that we operate and live and, you know, not trying to shy away from some of the challenging stuff, but I'm also not, you know, forefronting that. And I'm yeah. also, to me, this is a hopeful story, a positive story, like a joyful story because it's, it's triumphant. Like, Everybody is their best self when they step on stage. And it doesn't matter that like the untrained eye might go, that doesn't even look like a man or whatever people might say. Mm -hmm. Those people are men and they're accepted and celebrated for who they are and the man they are when they step on stage at that moment. Yeah, I, I think two things really, well, a few things jumped out, but I think two of the big things, hmm, Maybe three. <laughs> so you you had, um, I guess, Kenny and DJ. Yeah. That was just... Like, on one hand, you're like, oh, it's cool, Kenny is now, like, getting to feel comfortable. 
But then, as Kenny's getting more comfortable, DJ is going the other way. She's like, I'm losing the person I fell in love with. And that was so... Man, that was like, oh, that hit you. That really hit you. And especially because she's like, look, I'm I'm really happy for Kenny. I wouldn't try and stop him doing this. But every time... I, I look at him, he's changed and he's further away from, and you're just like, they're going to split, aren't they? They're going to split. <laughs> oh man. But it was so nice that she was at the competition. I, I thought that was nice, but just oh, yeah. that whole story arc was so compelling. Then you've got Reese and the homeless aspect and just like, Oh, I can't go to shelters because of, and you're like, I didn't even, I wouldn't have thought of that. Yeah, I, I would have thought, you mean, they'd have found a way. There would have been a, a solution to that issue, not, ah, sorry, it sucks to be you, which yeah. is just crazy in, in this day and age that that happens. So you have yeah. that aspect of it. Then you've got Mason. And Mason competing in in just regular bodybuilding competitions. And I love that whole, he's just like, they stopped me. And then how it then goes from there. And I love that. That was so great. And then seeing what happened, you're just like, that's so awesome. That's incredible. <laughs> I love that. That was great. That's great, that's great to hear yeah, no, Thanks it, so much. It yeah, I mean, those works. elements, you know, for me, like those are the, you know, those are a few of the hard hitting moments. And for, for like to, to me, DJ and Kenny's relationship going back to that is like, you know, yes, it's super specific, right? It's, it's, it's somebody who people who, who for all intents and purposes were in a lesbian relationship, mm. but because when decided to make a change and become a man, um, changed and, and 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 I think it's so universal in its specificity in the sense that um, you know Kenny's identity as a trans man is no more important than DJ's identity as a lesbian. And, mm, mm. You know that is such a universal thing as far as when we as humans partner or couple or in relationship with one another, right? Like, are you down for all that happens? Like yes. people change all the time. You don't just you know get put put yourself in a little glass you know, cage and don't change, people change and evolve. And how does one's partner's decisions and changes and, and, and values that change over a lifetime then affect you? And are you there for them or not? And, you know, what is the essence of being a human and being connected to a human? So yeah, like it's super specific, but to me, I think that's one of the most relatable things about the whole film is just these two humans in relation to one another and how to deal with change of any kind. Yeah, no, that, that I think that's the thing. It's specific for this, but I think it's so relatable. Like you start dating someone and they're in one place in their life and then that changes and it's just like, oh, you're, you kind of change. You're not quite... Ah, uh, but I still like you, but I'm not attracted. It's like, ah, uh, and I think, yeah, everyone can kind of relate to that scenario, you know, in in its essence, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, we have we live long lives, and the values that we bring into relationships can change because life changes us. Too. Mm. You know, you might marry some guy who's like a stockbroker and he's a billionaire, and then he, you know, at age fifty, he might be like, you know what, I'm going to move to Alaska. 
and fucking, you know, catch fish. And like, <laughs> you know, that's just a minor lifestyle thing, but actually those are, that's a huge change that, you know, what does that then do to one's, you know, that guy's partner's identity and, and, and his or her goals in life. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I really like that that relationship is a stand in for, for kind of what we as humans do, which is to evolve. Yeah. Yeah. How did you like get the access that, because we saw so much, you know what I mean? Like Kenny injecting the needle. Well, Kenny coming out essentially to everyone. We see that. You know what I mean? We, we see, as you said, Dom meeting his birth mother. Like the amount of access that you got was crazy. Like, so was there like a, a period of just hanging with these people? Like when did you meet them to when did you start filming? Um, yeah, so I, you know, I filmed uh, the first competition that you see in the film, and then I filmed the next one, and then beyond that. So mm. really, about a year and a half straight of filming, and um, you know, most of them I met at that first competition, and then there were other folks like Mason and that guy Tommy who comes yeah. in later, who I only encountered. Tommy showed up at the competition, and Mason, I just saw his name on the list of competitors coming, and I was like, holy crap! Here's this dude out there who's competing in you know cisgender mainstream competitions and no one knows he's trans and like here he is gonna you know essentially come out and be a trans bodybuilder and so yeah like honestly just spending time with them and them knowing that I come from a similar experience and that I was going to take care of them and their stories and their family stories um the way I would take care of my own I think that was the 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 key and I think that you know I didn't have to push I didn't want to push I didn't do anything I, didn't, I wasn't present for anything that, that I was not invited to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so definitely some folks who said no, and I respected that, like Reese's mom and his family. Um, but for the most part, I think that, and, I, and it's been kind of cool hearing these guys, you know, come to, we've, we've appeared at like 80-something festivals around the world. And so, you know, a lot of them have, have been there. And oh, okay. To hear them, you know, say, hey, I don't think I would have done this if it weren't tea. And not even about me, but just like yeah. the fact that I'm, a trans man and that like there was just certain intersections that you just wouldn't have with someone who was like looking from a lot from a distance or yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. looking in you know i was on the inside looking out and i think that makes a real big difference in the kind of storytelling and the kind of stories and access and intimacy and honestly ultimately truthfulness that you get in a story well i mean talking about truthfulness when um you had uh Oh gosh, whose mum was it? Kenny's mum. Kenny's mum, yeah. Kenny's mum's talking and you can see she's uncomfortable, but you can also see that she loves Kenny. And so she's like, yeah, I want Kenny to be happy. But, you know, but she's always saying, um, Araline, Ara, you, do, do, um, oh, um, oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know, in my head it's just Kenny, so it's just like I can't remember the, her, um, you know, other name, but the mum only uses the other name. Oh, right, 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 oh, I, right, no, I, I thought you were talking about the mum name, sorry, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, so it was just like the oh, when the mum's talking, yeah. yes, the mum's talking about it, and she, yeah, she's, she loves Kenny, but she's only saying the other name. And you can see that she's a bit like uncomfortable with 
aspects of the whole situation. And so that was really interesting. You know? In real time, we're like seeing her, like she had just found out a couple weeks before that, maybe a week. And like, we're seeing as an audience in real time, a mother in the process of figuring out what the right thing to do is. And mm. so few parents do that, are able to put aside their wishes, their lack of understanding, honestly, you don't have to understand. Like, that's the whole point. It doesn't matter if she gets it. Cause the point is she doesn't need to get it. Yeah. Kent needs to get it. But like the fact that she loves and supports him and cares for him and fears for his safety and all that, like that's the response that you want. You don't want the, you know, obviously there are other examples of, 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 of treatment from other guys in the film that you just, you kind of can't believe. Oh man. It was like Mason's story. Terrible. Oh yeah. Terrible. Like yeah. Tommy's story. Just some of the stuff you hear, it's just like, it does break your heart. You're this, this is the thing. It's like you manage to really drill down to the essence of human nature. So it's not about the race it's not about the color it's not about the sexuality it's just about these people trying to get through life and yeah. so you just feel all these things because as you said look we we don't see stuff about trans men so this is like a new thing for a load of people to watch something of the, oh. like an hour and a half documentary Probably the first time someone has seen this much coverage. You know what I mean? So oh, yeah. it's it's crazy. Oh, yeah. And, and trans men of color too. I you know, I think that like, you know, most of the guys are of color and and most of the guys in competition are. And it's just mm. so you know, we don't we don't see that in storytelling. When you think of trans stories, you think of trans women and often trans women of color, like you know, at least in the US now with Pose. Um, you know, that's getting a lot of attention, which is great. That's, you know, it's obviously, but I, I think there are room for all of our stories and the richness of, of our community, because again, we're so many, these guys are so many other things besides just being trans and, and also just being bodybuilders, but mm. that just happens to be the background against which, you know, their live stories are being told, at least in this film. And it's something that they have in common. And it, it kind of provides like for me to have the audience, have, you know, have a traditional sports doc where there's a competition and it's multi-subject and you care who's going to win. Like, to me, that's helpful to have that sort of familiar, yeah. comforting, comforting narrative. Um, because I think, like you said, most people who see it are going to not be familiar with the, the intimate, you know, social stuff that's going on as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, so when you decided to make this documentary and you're trying to get funding... Like, so what are you telling people? Like, when they're saying, so what What do you want this to do? Like, what was the kind of, well, uh, I want this to, like, what was the vision for this once it was made? Uh, yeah, I mean, I got real lucky by applying to Sundance and being granted an award by them because they were supporting with that grant underrepresented populations, I think. Um, yeah. And I think that because I had filmed enough and knew enough about my subjects at that time, I could provide basic arcs for what you were going to see in this film and a basic structure, really. Mm. Um, so that came at a really good time. And honestly, they were the only ones who came through besides private donors and friends and stuff. Um, and my producing partners, like, if anything, I was really struck by how indifferent you know, the world is to stories that are not like about celebrities or not about, 
you know, white guys doing amazing things like climbing things or <laughs> killing things or, you know, whatever. Like, so I knew, I knew that <laughs> obviously that's not a surprise, but I guess when you're in the trenches and you're literally trying to just raise $3,000 here to go fly to meet Ken, you know, to see that be there when Dom meets his biological mom, like you're like, this is so important for people to see, but mm-hmm. you know, if John legend isn't like appearing and narrating, no one gives a shit. Um, so, and that's not even just to be bitter. That's just the marketplace. And I just had yeah. to figure out my way around it. But, um, yeah, I mean, mostly when I talk to donors and friends and, and like Tay Leone, who's our EP who, who, who donated and my producing partners, uh, roadside entertainment and, you know, some other private donors who just were like, listen, I believe in your vision. These stories are important and I want to do everything I can to help you make sure that they get out to the world. Cool. And so now, now you've made this like incredible documentary, you're winning prizes, you're at, you know, festivals. What, what, what's next? Like what happens now? Have you got to deal with any of the streaming platforms? Like, yeah, it's yeah, being well, released. Um, yeah, November. it's being released actually by a UK uh, film um, company called Journeyman uh, Films, and uh, they're in London, I believe. And yeah, so we're doing like a release, you know, uh, internationally on VOD, and mm. it'll be on Amazon and you know iTunes and Google Play and all that. Um, hopefully, I, my understanding is it will eventually live on Amazon uh, Prime. Okay. Uh, but for now, yeah, we're releasing during Trans Awareness Week, which starts um, November 12th. So we kind of wanted, you know, this is what the film's about is visibility yeah. and awareness and, and really celebrating that these lives exist and that we're not going away, even though, you know, the world and, and, and pol- politically right now, we are definitely under attack and folks are trying to erase us. And, and for me, it's about this film insists that we're still here. So it's really, I, I feel really lucky and special that we got to release it during this week. Um, but yeah, it'll be available. People can stream it. Um, they can buy it. Um, you know, I, for me, I just want folks to see it and spend time with it and like, you know, make up your own mind. It, like, you know, I, I don't see, I don't think you can sit through this film. Yeah, I don't think you can be the most hateful person in the world. I still don't think you can sit through this film and not feel some empathy for at least a few of the characters and, and go, wow, like, that's something I never thought of. And wow, what would it be like to be that, you know, and if you can get people thinking about walking in the shoes of another for five minutes, you know, that's a success these days. <laughs> yeah, no, for, for real. Like, I think, I think the problem always is if it hasn't happened directly to you, why do I care? Yeah, because whenever you see a celebrity or someone backing a certain charity, like cut death or cancer or something like that, it's yep. always because, oh, my child died or my my family member, my partner, my whatever died or has mm-hmm. contracted and I'm backing this because they've done this for me or blah, 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 blah. That's always it. So if you don't know someone who's trans or gay or, you know, any of this, it's a bit like, I don't know, I don't care. So it's it's about trying to, I think it's trying to connect the dots. Like, look, body, and, and I think bodybuilding works to that. Because, um, yeah, we, we people know about pumping iron and, like all of these sort of things so yeah i think that works no i appreciate that i mean i i that's 
for me, obviously there are so many intersections, especially with these guys, because the, yes, they're trans, but there's so many other, there's class stuff and race stuff, um, and ability stuff and, and mental illness stuff, you know, there are all these things that intersect mm. with that. If we can just start to get people thinking about, um, what it might be like to be blank, um, you know, I, I think just culturally we're losing, you know, kids, kids are losing that because they are, you know, it's, it is a cliche, but when you're looking into this black mirror in front of you, you know, you're obviously just, your, your, your head is down. You're not looking out. And I, and I hope that's my hope for the film is that it makes people look out and just spend an hour and a half with these guys. And, um, you know, like I said, I don't, I don't think there's a person who, who won't come away feeling like they could relate to at least one thing in there, if not a lot. Yeah, no, definitely, man, definitely. So, um, how can people follow you and the oh, film? Um, I suck at social media, but um, <laughs> I do have an old-fashioned website. So, um, we have a manmade doc uh, dot com is our website, and we mm -hmm. do have like a pretty active um, Instagram page, which is cool because I'll share little stories about what the guys are up to now. Like Mason's wife um, is about to have a baby, and that's something that was kind of teased at the end of the yeah, film, yeah, so finally having their baby, and yeah, like. You know, the Instagram is also man-made doc, but yeah, check it out. There's a trailer on the website and then, you know, we'll be out in, in early November and you'll be able to rent the film and, and watch it. I really appreciate it. That's great, T. Thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thanks for watching this film and spending time with it. No worries, man. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Okay, so this week I watched the new documentary um, from T. Cooper. Actually, it's his, um, yeah, it's his uh, long-form feature debut. Um, so executive producers were Tia Leone, um, T. Cooper, John Hirsch and Ron Janssen. Uh and um, the gist of the piece is, um, it's this, okay? So, Man Made takes us into the heart of transgender male culture, revealing unexpected truths about gender, masculinity, humanity, and love. Four trans men who, like the film's director, were born and raised female, take a variety of life paths towards stepping on stage at TransFitCon, the only all-transgender bodybuilding competition in the world, which is held in Atlanta. Man Made is a character-driven, intimate and riveting Verity style competition film But also a unique social justice narrative It speaks to the ways in which we all choose to define and reshape ourselves Both figuratively and literally The strength on display in man-made transcends the physical Reese is a young father struggling with periods of homelessness Dominic seeks out his family of origin, confronting an alternate history of, for himself. Kenny admits to himself and his loved ones who he is for the first time in his life. And Mason, a loving husband who struggles with mental illness, works daily to be the man he's always wanted to be. On both 
the inside and out. We follow these subjects' emotional and physical journeys as they navigate lives as the men they are, despite very real risks inherent in the current social and political climate. For the men of man-made, it's not about winning, it's about being seen. So yeah, that's the... um, That's the gist of the film. And so, yeah, it follows four main, like, subjects. But actually, there are five. Um, So the first person we meet is, um, yeah, actually, it is the first person we meet. is Dominic, who's 26. Um, He's an inspiring rapper and singer. And he lives with his fiancée, Tia. Um, he had already appeared in um, one a, a fitcon. So the documentary will start, and we kind of talk about the last fitcon. So Dominic, um, he took third place in that. Um, then we've got Reese, who's twenty three, um, and Reese is a five year old son. Demonte, um, and uh, yeah, so Reese was um, at the last. He'd already done one um, fitcon as well. Then there's Mason, who's forty, uh, and. He will like he's going to be competing his first ever fitcon, uh, and he's married to Anne. Uh, and then there's Kenny, who's thirty four, and Kenny has a, uh, a a girlfriend called DJ, uh, who's a lesbian, and um, yeah, Kenny. Competed in a fitcon too, so we, we follow all of these people, and then towards the end, we meet Tommy, who's thirty eight. Um, and this is Tommy's first fitcon. So that's five people, five trans men. And they could not be any more different, which is, I think, it kind of hammers home. Because, let's break it down, right? You don't see this kind of thing. You know, usually, when you, you see things about trans people, it's male to female, that I mean, I know I've I've seen um I think I've watched the first season of Transparent on Amazon and then um there was a film called I believe it's Tangerine because I think Ian Edwards was in it. So yeah, I checked it out for um that reason. And that was dealing that had um some trans males, trans females to females in that. But you don't 
really see the other way round females transitioning into males. So I think this is an interesting thing because look, the documentary is an hour and a half, just over an hour and a half. And so we're getting to see something that, yeah, you don't normally see. And for a period, a long period of time. And so I think it was very important to show the, you know what I mean, such a diverse cast. Because I think when you don't know something, it's easy to go, oh, they're all the same. You know what I mean? Like, or you think of all the laws recently, especially regarding, say, toilets. The idea, the thought is everything is around, like, oh, it, it's, it's this. And it's always, like, just kind of one scenario, one thing. So by seeing this, it, it gives people that different perspective, that different ideal of, yo, know, what this actually could be. So, yeah, we meet these people and we follow them through their kind of... It's basically a year. So, it's from, um, you know, they're all training for the next TransFitCon. And so, it's, you know, that journey to do that. So, it's really interesting. Like, so, as I said, look, so we follow Dominic and... Dominic is just about to go through um, top body surgery, so uh, to a double mastectomy to have his breast removed, and we see that. I mean, they show all of that, which is. Like, I I think, you know, you hear them talking about it and everything like that, but you don't think they're going to show you, like, everything. And you see everything. You know, him going in, um, you see, like, a bit of the surgery, and then coming out and having the bandages taken off and the draining system and just all of this stuff, which is like, whoa, Man, they like T really got like in there. He really got close to these people to get this coverage, and so yeah, you're you're looking at this, and then like other things come up in his life, and so we follow all of that, and that's what happens with all these people, like Kenny. So Kenny hasn't even come out, like, I mean, Kenny, everyone just believes Kenny to be gay, you know, but they don't know, um, and, and Kenny goes by, I think it's Araline, um, something like that, it's a name I've never heard before, and it does begin with A, but so, you know, at work, everyone knows Kenny by that name, and, um, yeah, no one knows, you know, Kenny is Kenny and looking to transition. And um, so we see Kenny telling all his friends and his family 
And that's great. You know, so we see that. Like, and it's such a um, personal journey for everyone. And so you see the ups and the downs. Like you see Kenny get his injections, his his testosterone injections. And so doing those... You know, so we, you know, we see Reese, and um, yeah, so Reese is a son, uh, but his son's living at his mum's, um, and his son calls him mummy. So that's a crazy thing. But then Reese has, um, you know, he he's got a, a, a new partner. She's got a, a daughter, but her daughter calls him. Daddy, because yeah, it's so it's this crazy dynamic, this whole thing, and so yeah, you, you get to kind of follow all of these journeys and see the different kind of difficulties and struggles that everyone is having. Which is um, it's it's really interesting because it kind of sucks you in, and it, it kind of, I think it breaks it down in such a way that this isn't even a really a transgender thing. It's just you're following these people trying to reach this this thing. Do you know what I mean they're they're on this journey to be able to perform at FitCon, and so we're watching that. We're watching their, you know, endeavors, their struggles, their like everything to get to this place to be able to get on stage and go, yo, this is me, and it's fast. It really is fascinating. Yeah, and I think to be able to take four individuals, like five, when you take in the fact Tommy, so you take these five individuals and like give you enough so you can emphasize and you can understand their struggle without going, ah, oh, but. I need to know more, I need to know, do you know what I mean? Because you're not like, ah, oh, but you're only showing me, like, what I need to know, like, this other stuff, because we see all of it, we see all the important stuff, you know, relationships breaking down, and the reasons why that happens, you know, like, everything is laid bare to you, and, um, yeah, it it's really enthralling. So um, I think it's definitely something worth watching. You know, if you're a fan of documentaries, if you're a fan of um, just storytelling, you know, just good storytelling, you will definitely be a fan of Man Made. Because it, it covers all of that. 
And there's some twists in there as well. There's definitely some twists that you're like, whoa. Like, you know, and I think my favourite story out of the five is um, Mason. when, When you see Mason's story, you're just like, oh my god. And it it really makes you happy with some of the things that come up in that story. But everyone's story is so powerful and interesting. Like even, and the crazy thing, Tommy, because Tommy comes in towards the end, but you still see enough to kind of be like, yo, that's crazy. And you're, damn. And so, when you get the payoff at the end, when you see the, the you know, the, the thick con, you're, you're happy for what, like, just everyone being able to actually get there and do their thing. And we meet the rest of the contestants, and so you get a little glimpse of their kind of stories and their kind of thing. And yeah, it's, it's just this great, Interesting tapestry that T. Cooper has put together, and um, you know, I'm not trans, but I still found this interesting. You know, you don't have to be trans, you don't have to be gay, you just have to be interested in rich stories, and that's what this is. It's it's a rich story that kind of pulls the curtain on a, a subject matter that you might not know anything about, you know? So it gives you a bit of an insight. There's obviously, this isn't, like, everyone's story, but it is some people's. And I guess the the, the interesting thing about the whole bodybuilding competition is... That um, I mean, and this is what I imagine. If you are becoming, uh, you know, a female, you know, going through that transition, female to male, you are looking to transform your body. You know, what I mean? you're 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 looking to, um, kind of change the shape of the body. You know. Like, and not everyone does it, but there will be a mastectomy, there will be a removal of breasts, there may be lower body surgery, you know, so changing a vagina into a penis, but you're looking to change the shape of your body, you're looking to change the look, you're growing hair, so that kind of is bodybuilding right do you mean that that that's yeah changing the 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 aesthetic of female to male so it works on that level and and so that's what really kind of is like that's the captivating hook because yes this is about a bodybuilding competition but it's all bodybuilding 
and yeah, it's just look, it's fascinating. I I'd, I definitely recommend um, people checking this out, and uh, you know that that that's all good because people, you can. Um, this will be available uh, on um, VOD through Journeyman Pictures. They're releasing it here in the UK um, on the 7th of November. But it will be available worldwide as well come the 7th of November. Thursday the 7th of November. So, um, yeah, you'll be able to get it from, you know, all the usual places. Amazon, Google Play, like, um, yeah, anywhere where you can buy it. iTunes all all of that so uh go check it out look all the information is going to be in the episode details uh so yeah you you will be able to um find links to the trailer to the website to the social media so check it out follow it and um yeah then check out the uh check out the film because i'm I I think it will captivate many of you for sure. If you like a good story, if you like a good kind of um an interesting subject, something you don't know that much about, a different perspective, man made is that. So um yeah, check it out. Seventh of November, okay people? Cool. Okay, people, so yeah, I hope you have enjoyed the reviews and everything in the interview this week. We're now coming to the end, so let's hear a little film news before we b- b- bounce. So, um, Ben Affleck has signed on to uh, be in Robert Rodriguez's new film, Hypnotic. Um, so, the f- in the film, Affleck is going to be playing a detective who becomes entangled in a mystery involving his missing daughter and a secret government program while investigating a string of impossible high-end heists. Um, And the film is expected to um, get into production April next year. Okay, so, um, yeah. As we um, just talked about um, Affleck, so um, the Batman, which he was originally meant to be starring in, the new Matt Reeves film, they've just um, brought in a couple of new key roles. So um, Andy Serkis has signed on to play Alfred Pennyworth, and. Uh, Colin Farrell is currently in negotiations to play the Penguin, who would be the third villain in the piece, because we've currently got Paul Dano signed on to play the Riddler, and Zoe Kravatz, um, she's signed on to play Catwoman. Um, Also, like, in the cast, we've got... Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. 
and obviously there is Robert Patterson as the Batman so uh, yeah this is expected to um, go into production early next year should be hitting cinemas June the 25th 2021 and finally people um, after the success of Into the Spider-Verse so obviously they are making a sequel um, which you know can't wait for because the first was so damn good but um supposedly phil lord made a promise that if the film crossed the 200 million mark he would include um the japanese spider-man from the old um yeah the old 70s uh, tv series uh, the film didn't quite hit 200 it was 190 but lord has decided to include the character already now the funny thing is right so in the um 1978 japanese tv series um takio yamarashi who was a motorcycle racer discovers a crashed ufo with the last remaining survivor of the planet spider who gives him a bracelet that turns him into spider-man and allows him to control a large robot now we did have a similar character remember because there was the young girl but um yeah supposedly this version of the character will be in the up coming um sequel which is meant to be hitting cinemas april the 8th 2022 so people yeah that's it we are done for another episode and uh yeah we'll be back next thursday with more film with more film reviews um Yeah, I can't remember what is scheduled for next week. But you know we're going to bring some heat. Alright? So, um, enjoy your cinema watching. Your film viewing. And we will catch you. Yeah, we'll catch you next Thursday, people. Cool. Keep it. Yeah, keep it popping, man. Keep it popping.